You are listening to the Devoted Women's Podcast. This teaching is meant to be listened to after having completed the lesson in your workbook. We hope this teaching equips, encourages, and empowers you. Grace and peace. All right, everyone, welcome. I am recording this thing fresh. So if you missed on our first night of study, welcome. We are so glad that you have joined us. If you were there in person, I'm going to go ahead and give you the little tidbit that you've already heard this first part, and I'm going to record the actual introduction to the book of Acts separately. So if you want to turn this one off and go find the one that says specifically the introduction to the book of Acts, you can listen to that one. It'll be much shorter. shorter. It'll save you some time. But if you happen to miss our in-person meeting um, for the first night, you stick around here. I'm going to help you to navigate your book and give you a little insight into the book and just um, set you up for success and being able to navigate and do your homework well. So you stay here with me. And I want to talk about the two goals that we have together for our time in Bible study within Devoted. So anytime we do a Bible study that, you know, you're registering for, and we're going to be spending a good chunk of time doing, so specifically for the book of Acts, we've got 11 weeks of homework to do. And we just want you to know that our first goal for you is that we want you to grow in your working knowledge of the text. And in this case, for this semester, it's the entire book of Acts. And I say this semester, but it's actually this semester. And next semester, if you stick around with us, we'll get to the second half of Acts. And we certainly hope that you do that. So what I mean by growing in a working knowledge of the text is we want you to grow in your familiarity with the book. We want you to know the contents. We want you to sort of know how to navigate through the book of Acts and know where certain things are located. So say you were to take or your friend from New York City was to come to town and they wanted to go get coffee. Well, the likelihood is that you know exactly how to tell them to get to the coffee house. They're not even going to have to open up Google because they have you. And you know some street names, you have some general directions and landmarks, and you can help them arrive at the coffee house um, successfully. Well, we want you to be able to do that sort of thing with the book of Acts and really any study that we do in our time together. We want to work so thoroughly through the text that you're familiar with it and that you know how to pinpoint where certain things are. So for instance, we're going to get to chapter two of Acts and that's where the day of Pentecost happens. That's when the Holy Spirit is poured out on all believers. And and then Peter goes on to preach his first sermon where 3000 people are saved. So I didn't necessarily tell you um, what chapter and specifically which verses those were, but I was able to say, hey, these things happened in this particular chapter. And um, whenever you're having a conversation with someone, it just adds so much depth and really adds to your credibility of, of what whatever you might be talking about whenever you can help to navigate something. Um, another instance of why we want you to grow in the familiarity and, and 
grow this working knowledge of the text is so that whenever you hear a passage preached on or perhaps um, you listen to someone else teach on a particular um, portion of Acts, say they just cover Acts chapter 5 verses 6 through 13, right? We want you to be able to know beforehand, before they ever even open their mouth, a little bit of what's happened before in that chapter and even the chapter before, and then also what's happening afterwards, because that gives us more context. It helps us to understand, and it helps us to grow in our biblical knowledge and also our biblical literacy. So that is our first goal for you. Secondly, we want you to approach God's word with confidence. That's one of our goals is to help you approach God's word with confidence. And specifically, we are doing that through the use of the tool, which is your Bible study book. Um, specifically this orange and purple one that the Village Church has put out and we are forever grateful that they um, are creating these wonderful resources for us to have. So moving on into the book, I want to talk about a study method that this um, that this Bible study book is going to help you with. It's going to help you grow in biblical literacy through the method of using comprehension, interpretation, and application, and specifically in that order. Now, perhaps you caught that that had a acronym along with it, and it is CIA. And the C, which is comprehension, is asking the Bible, is asking the text that we are studying the question, what does it say? What does the text say? And then interpretation, which is the I, asks the question, what does this text mean? What does this text mean? And then we move on to the process of application, which is the A in our acronym. And it says, how should it change me? How should the text that I'm reading and I'm studying change me? So one of the greatest disservices that we do as children of God, as um, Christians, as believers of Jesus, one of the greatest disservices we do is to rush into the process of interpretation and application without first properly comprehending the text. So this acronym CIA, we want you to go specifically in that order and your book, as it's asking you these questions, it's going to take you through that process in that order. Now, whether you are a seasoned believer or you're just starting out or you find yourself anywhere in between those two places, we all have to understand that studying God's word is a marathon and it is not a sprint to a specific destination. And honestly, it's it's a marathon without end, right? It's, it's something that we're always gonna continually do. We're always gonna be making forward progression um, whenever it comes to studying God's word. His word is living and active and it, um, it's always going to provide something for us, whether we study, um, like we're studying Acts now and then we can study it 10 years later and there's going to be a whole new um, treasure trove of things in there that the Holy Spirit is going to bring to light for us in 10 years, even though we're taking the time now to really dig deep in. So 
we have to know that um, studying God's word is it's a marathon. And if we speed through the process, if we're sprinting, sprinting by, there's so much that we're going to miss. Um, or if we're jumping into the process of interpretation and application without first properly comprehending what the text is saying, we're going to be led into misinterpretation and misapplication. So this process, um, starting with comprehension, is so very important. And, and when we skip past and we rush, that can often lead to false beliefs. It can lead to false doctrine. And honestly, we can start to spin the word of God in our own minds and and kind of give it its own meaning of what we want it to say. And that can be very dangerous as believers. So that is one of the things that we want you to just be very aware of as you're getting started, that we want you to slow down. Now, we want you to know that this book is not hard and it is not easy. It's going to walk you through this marathon process. And at times, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to struggle. And you're not going to understand what the question is asking. And you're not going to understand the passage you're studying. And we want to say to you, do not give up. Don't let quitting even be an option in your mind. Because struggling and frustration is a part of the learning process. And if you're struggling, if you're finding yourself frustrated, it's actually a sign that the learning process is taking place, right? And in Devoted, we want you to develop some humility to come with um, with an honest, transparent heart saying, I didn't understand and I didn't get it and I need your help. And I can guarantee you, you're going to find the help that you need through your fellow sisters in your small group. And then perhaps in your small group time. And Hey, if things still don't get resolved for you, then we send out an answer guide. And if you still just need some help, you are free to contact your small group facilitator. You're free to contact, um, us as the directors. You're free to contact and reach out to another lady in your group for help. And not to say that you have to wait through all that process to ask for help, but if there's something that didn't get resolved, don't walk away with a question. Don't walk away with a question. And most importantly, as you're going through this process and you're finding yourself frustrated, stop and ask for the Holy Spirit to help you. And even more so, before you even open it up and try to get going, ask the Holy Spirit to help you in your time of study. That's one of his main things that he does for us is he makes God's word known so that we can understand and so that we can live for him. So prayerfully approach the text and approach the study. One of this book's aspects is that it's going to take us line by line through the entire book of Acts. Now, this is called an expositional study. And in our teaching time, we actually teach the same exact way, expositionally. Um, We're going to break down the text and explain it to you line by line. And before you get to us in the teaching time, you're going to have studied it line by line. 
in Devoted. We don't typically do topical studies, so we don't necessarily spend an entire semester of study um, scouring the Bible for passages on marriage or friendship or even faith by themselves. Rather, we open God's Word and we read entire passages or books of the Bible, and we allow all these same themes and topics like marriage, friendship, etc., to be introduced and examined as they present themselves as we work through an entire portion of scripture instead of hopping around per se. So not to say that a topical study is bad in any way. They have their time and their place, but we feel that on Monday nights, it is most beneficial, it is most fruitful for us to work through and become familiar with God's word in entire portions so that we are slowly adding to our tool belt of biblical knowledge to um to grow in our biblical knowledge and and even literacy so one other thing to embrace um about this place about monday nights devoted in general your walk with jesus really is that it's not a box checking venture We don't want you to do the homework merely for the sake of earning your gold star or your bragging rights that you have now, if you've been with us from the beginning, that you've now studied Luke and Samuel and Genesis and now we're on to Acts and you're here to get your Acts badge. No, 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 no. The point of Bible study, the point of showing up to a place like this The main goal of studying God's word should always be that we want to grow in our union with him. We want to know more about who he is, not more about who we are. We want each and every woman here, every woman who comes into devoted, to devoted, me included, to embrace that the Bible is a book about God not us. And the marathon process structure that this book is designed in, and even how we have the meeting structured, is designed to help us always keep that in view. The Bible is a book about God discovery, not self-discovery. So if you have showed up to Devoted, if you signed up and you're looking to learn more about yourself, we're going to ask you to push reset to change your focus, to wanting to find out more about who God is. Because the reality is that there is no true knowledge of self apart from the knowledge of God. That might be a direct Jen Wilkin quote for all I know, but there is no true knowledge of self apart from knowledge of God. So if you maybe didn't love hearing that it's all about you, because if we're all honest, that hits us in our fills, We like it to be all about us. Again, if we're honest, we want you to be encouraged that there is much to be learned about who you are in light of who God is and who he says you are. None of us need more self-help. We need more knowledge of God and then our help will come. Growing in our knowledge and understanding of him, his word and his love helps us to grow more than we could ever dream. Embrace the marathon process. Uncover God's word. Dig in, looking for him, not for you. 
and I promise he'll inform who you are. And he says that you are good and loved and beautiful and that you're made in his image. We're not discounting any of the goodness about who God says we are. But first, when you approach the text, we want you looking for God because there is much to be found and much to be learned. So when we're in our small group time, we want you to be leaning more heavily and even in your personal time as you're studying we want you to lean more heavily into the thinking process back to that comprehension component of our study we want you to lean more heavily into thinking opposed to feeling so we are all female and none of us are going to have any trouble getting into our feelings, right? Most times things hits us in our feels, hits us right in our heart and skips right past our brain. And then guess what? We have all kinds of things that we feel about a certain thing, but we haven't actually given it good thought. We haven't rationalized as much as we had. And and that's okay. We're women and we are prone to be more um, thinking or prone to be more feeling over thinking. So if we were in a men's group, guess what? They probably need to spend some more time focusing on how they feel instead of skipping past that so quickly. So lean more heavily into the thinking process. And like I said, we're not going to have any trouble getting into our feelings. And, and there is a time and there is a place and it is appropriate. But when we slow down and take the time to think well about what the text is saying, we're then going to have right feelings regarding the text as well. And then we're properly going to interpret and apply God's word in our lives. So write this down if you're taking notes. Right thinking leads to right feeling. Slow down. Embrace the process. So now that I've got all of that said, I want us to move into the book's structure. Okay, so go ahead and open up your study book. Because I'm going to flip you through. I'm going to actually show you some things on the pages. First being that I want you to take the time on page seven to read the preface. And I specifically want you to look at the biblical or the Bible literacy tools on page eight and look at those different um, instructions under comprehension, interpretation, and application. These, if you were to not have a single question in this study book, um, you could effectively study the book of Acts just by walking through these steps. And again, specifically in this order, C, I, A, comprehension, interpretation, and application. So please don't skip past that. Take some time and read that there. I'm going to spare you here in this time. And I want you to turn to page 15. Don't worry about the introduction. We're going to get to that. If you're listening here, you're going to need to go on the podcast and look for the introduction to the book of Acts and hit play on that one in addition to this recording. But first of all, I want you to turn to page 15 in your workbook. Now, the first thing that our study book is asking us to do is read Acts 1 from start to finish. Now, repetitive 
reading is one of the tools that is built into this book that is going to help you grow in your familiarity. It's going to help to get you your working knowledge of the text. And it's also going to help you approach God's word confidently. So here it's saying, read Acts 1 from start to finish, all the way through. Don't stop, don't try to do the summary that you're already looking at on number one. Read it all the way, start to finish. And then guess what? Maybe you have some extra time, go read it in a different version of the Bible so that you can see some different adjectives, so that you can see some synonyms for some words um, that perhaps were maybe more difficult. Utilize this, um, the, the bounty that we have before us as far as Bible translations are concerned. Now, I do want to point out that this particular study book uses the ESV version of the Bible and um, Typically, we teach from the New King James Version of the Bible, and me personally, I really like the ESV, so that's probably what mine will come from, but it'll probably be a mix of both, if I'm being honest, both of which we highly, highly recommend that you stick to as far as your actual study goes, but whenever it comes to just reading the Bible and you're looking to understand the Bible more, it is so very beneficial and helpful to go to several translations to um, look for that help. So do that, and I want you to then now move on to number one, where we're looking at summarizing. Well, if you've read through the entire book, whenever you attempt to summarize chapter one, verses one through five, guess what? You're going to need to read them again. Repetitive reading is a key component to retention and understanding. We can't expect to read a passage once and retain its content and treasure. So repetitive reading is built into this book and I invite you to embrace it. So guess what? You're going to need to reread verses 6 through 11, 12 through 14, 15 through 26. And guess what? You've read it again. By the time you're done with number one, you've already read it through twice, maybe three times if you felt like doing the extra version of the Bible. Now, I do want you to turn really quick, put your page, hold your hand on page 15, and I want you to turn to page 114 and look in the back of the book. You have the entire entire portion of scripture that we're covering this semester. You have Acts chapter 1 all the way through chapter 12 in the back of your book. And then Next semester, if you stick around, which you're going to, you can do the hard things. You're going to make it through. Um, we'll, we'll cover Acts chapters 13 through 28. So, okay, flip back. Well, no, don't flip back. Keep looking at page 114. I want you to see that summarizing is not as complicated as some of us might make it out to be. So when we're summarizing, all we're looking is for is a couple sentences where you're telling us what happened in that text. Now, I am a girl of a lot of words, so I cannot summarize 
um, nice and neatly in just a couple sentences. Mine are more like paragraphs, but that's not necessary. And I wanna show you a trick that is helpful to summarizing. So whenever you're going to summarize um, chapter one verses one through five, I need you to look in, in the back at the text and it says over those verses, it gives us a paragraph heading. Now this is extra biblical and they, it's a tool to help us out as we're studying. Um, but it says the promise of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's a clue of what you should be looking to summarize. So in the summary for verses one through five, you're probably going to talk about something, um, how the disciples were waiting for the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus had told them about, right? So it's going to look a little something like that. And you're going to do that each and every week. You're going to do this process of summarizing. And again, it's a tool for retention. So don't rush past it. Your summaries are going to be great. They're going to help you. They're going to make you slow down and think just like we're talking about. Um, and again, you're not being graded. There's no right and wrong. Um, they're for you to look at. No one's going to grade your book ever. So embrace the process of summarizing. And then I want you to turn to page 16 and I want you to see the little magnifying glass on the page at the top where it says, now shift your focus to Acts 1, 1 through 5. This is where we're gonna get into the actual Bible study questions. And each time we shift into a different section of the Bible. So if you look at page 17, you'll see your little magnifying glass again and your orange text. Then you're shifting into another text. These are also reminders to stop and read that text again. Read those few verses before you attempt to answer these questions. Because honestly, those are the, the questions. Those are the verses that your questions are going to be asking about. So it's good to have them fresh on your mind. So each time you do a little section, it's going to take you through this process of comprehension. It's going to ask some questions that help you to interpret what is being said. And then look at number eight on page 17. There is your application. So it's going to ask you a question that will engage your mind um, in helping you to figure out how you can apply what you've just read in the Bible. So moving on. We want you to flip back. I want you to flip back, not we, because it's just me here. But I want you to flip back to page 15 for a minute, and I want you to look at number two. This time in our study, we are going to put an emphasis on annotation. Because you have the text in your workbook, they did that on purpose so that you have it there to mark up. We want you to mark the text. We want you to annotate the text. And one of the key things that this book is looking for you to annotate as you're reading through the text, and this is while you're reading through it for the first time or the second time or however many times you choose to read a passage, this, this is whenever you're doing that. You're flipping to the back here and you're marking it in your workbook. And if if you're the gal who wants to mark it in your Bible directly, more power to you. This is for you to do um, what you want with. But if you're the one who's like, I do not want to write in my Bible, then here it is for you in the back. And we want you to mark it up like crazy. And one of the things we're going to be marking specifically is the power, or the power, the work of the Holy Spirit. 
and we're going to be looking for the work of the Holy Spirit as we're reading. We're going to underline those things in red, and then we are going to mark it with either an R, an I, an S, or an E. Again, a nice, lovely little acronym that spells RISE. And we're looking for these specific works that the Holy Spirit is doing. And the first one is regeneration. This is when the the Spirit transforms someone's heart from stone to flesh. It is basically um, a way of saying the moment of salvation for someone when someone accepts Jesus as Savior. This is a process of regeneration. So if you see the Holy Spirit doing that work in the text... Um, If someone is being saved or is saved, then you're going to underline that in red and you're going to mark it with an R. Then we have inspiration and illumination. So um, it says the spirit inspires the word of God. Okay, this is whenever, say, the apostle John is writing the gospel of John. That is an inspired word of God. He was inspired to write that text by the Spirit of God. And so say something was mentioned with that, you would underline it and you would mark it with an I. And then specifically, though, there's another aspect to this I, and that's illumination. And that's where the Holy Spirit gives us understanding of God's word, gives us understanding of God's nature, his character, and even his will, what he wants us to do. Um, through that word, through his word. So then we have sanctification. And this is any time that the Holy Spirit is helping us to grow in holiness through obedience to God's commands. Any time that the Holy Spirit is telling someone to do and they act in obedience to that command, you're going to mark it with an S. Underline and mark it with an S. And then lastly, we have empowerment, where the Spirit empowers particular people for particular service. And the first one, he gives us a couple examples here, but I just think immediately of whenever Samson was empowered by the Holy Spirit to defeat that entire enemy, right? And specifically today, the Holy Spirit gives Christians the imparting of spiritual gifts for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. So for example, I am teaching, right? I am in a teaching role. So anytime I'm teaching through the Bible, I'm using a spiritual gift. Anytime you are using your spiritual gifts, and if you'd like to know more about that, we'd love to talk to you more. So just um, hit us up where that is concerned. But anywhere in scripture where you're seeing someone use their spiritual gifts for the purpose of building the church, for accomplishing God's purposes, you're going to underline that and mark it with an E. Now, again, they suggest a red underline, but hey, I've already started using hot pink in mine instead of red, and that just brings me more joy. So if you like green, do green. If you want yellow, you do you, boo. Um, But that is very, very important. Now, I do want to give you some other options that as you're reading, what you can be looking for, um, and again, there are no rules here. These are merely just suggestions, Um, but... Perhaps you want to also mark, as you're reading along, instances of prayer where, or maybe you want to mark parts of speech like metaphors and similes and personification, alliteration, just all the different parts of speech. Maybe you want to mark those. Um, One thing that's always um, 
interesting to mark and look at and examine is repeated words and phrases. So perhaps the author of the book chooses to use a specific word set over and over again, or perhaps they talk and it's just always like an exclamation kind of thing. Mark those instances. Um, Whenever you're reading through and you're marking the text, a really really good thing to mark is your questions. Is the text confusing you? Do you need some clarification there? Did it bring up a question about a different passage that you've read? Does it seem to be maybe in conflict with something you believed and and you're just not certain? Mark it and bring those questions to small group with you or or to a lady in the group as you're getting coffee and just hanging out. This is, these things make for really, really good conversation. So mark your questions as you're reading. Um, something that you can mark is your thoughts and your revelation that you're receiving from the Holy Spirit as you're reading a text. So maybe you're marking your wow moments where something really just blows your mind and you just want to write tons of exclamation points like this is crazy amazing. It's for you. And I just want you to think back like someday your kid could get a hold of this workbook, um, you know, 10 years down the road and they're going to see like, wow, my mom spent all this time studying the book of Acts. And then they're going to flip to the back and see where you were marking and making these notes as you were reading God's word. And um, they're just going to get to see your excitement through that. They're going to get to see all these red lines or whatever color you choose as you're marking the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's just such a beautiful thing to think about, which I'm, I like to get in my feelings there. So maybe you don't think that's cool, but I do and you should do it. Listen to me. I'm your boss. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. So again, we emphasize the work of the Holy Spirit and the rest is up to you. But again, let this process of marking the text be a tool for retention. So I want you to flip to page 139 where you will see your map. They've given us a nice little map to use. And as you're reading, one of the things I want you to do is I want you to say something was mentioned in Galilee. I want you to mark the the chapter and the verse and just put a little bit little note of what happened in that place. And what's really going to be cool to see is how the gospel spread throughout the entire world, right? This known world as we're looking at here on this map. We're going to get to see the process of the gospel spreading as you're marking the text and really truly um As you get into Bible study more, and if you've been with us for any time, um, you'll start to notice the value of a map and being able to see certain things and just understanding the general geography of a region as we're studying. Um, Because the entire redemptive story of scripture starts to unfold before your eyes and it makes it more tangible and it makes it more real to the fact that it is these are real places and real people and and specifically with this work of the gospel after Jesus has ascended um, and after he was crucified and resurrected, right? And then he ascends back to the Father in heaven. Um, we're going to get to watch the gospel spread throughout the entire region and even largely the world at that time. And it's just super cool. Maps are cool and learn to love them. That's my challenge for you. (laughs) Learn to love your map. And then 
flip back one page and you're going to see um, your attribute, attribute list on page 136. And each week as you end your homework, um, if you look at the end of week two or the end of any week, really, you're going to be presented with this nice little orange box that says wrap up and it's going to ask you what aspect of God's character has this week's passage of Acts shown you more clearly and so this is where you're going to use that attribute list what were you seeing of God as you were reading did you see more of God's mercy than you've ever seen before or did you see God's justice did you see God's love Um, Again, there's no right or wrong answer here. How and what did you see of God's nature and his character? Excuse me. So, one last thing we want you to know, and you will read again in your preface whenever you go to do that because you are a good little student and you're going to do what I've asked you to do. You're going to read your preface. And one of the things it's going to ask you to not do is to reference commentaries. So we don't want you to look at any of your extra Bible study notes. We don't want you to look at any extra commentaries. Um, We don't want you to listen to any other sermons or podcasts or blog posts or articles or whatever until you yourself have worked through the text. You've opened up your Bible you've opened up your study book, you've read, and you've started answering these questions, we don't want anyone else to inform your time with God. We want the Holy Spirit to be the only one that's helping you to answer those questions, okay? And this is where it is okay to mark a question and say, I'm just not getting it, I'm not understanding. Because guess what? You're gonna show up, you're gonna do your homework at home throughout the week, and then you're gonna show up and you're gonna have your small group time. And you're gonna discuss these things and you're gonna get to ask those questions. And someone else is perhaps gonna get to give you some insight there. The Holy Spirit is going to get to teach you through someone else and that's an incredible process, right? But then you are going to also get to sit through a teaching on the text where if maybe your question wasn't answered in small group time, it'll get answered in the teaching. And that's when you're gonna come into your first contact with a more formal commentary. So our teaching is just a form of commentary. And then after that, you're free to dig in and find out what John Piper has to say, or Matt Chandler, or even Robbie Ballou, whoever, um, if you know that they've taught on a certain sermon and you wanna go back and listen, that is your time whenever you're done with the week after you've sat through the entire process. Um, feel free to go crazy and dig into commentaries, but we want you to approach the text with such an unbiased point of view that the only one informing what you're learning is the Holy Spirit. So we want you to, again, make sure you're approaching this text, approaching the study prayerfully and asking for the Holy Spirit's help. Don't get tripped up over having the right answers. There's no grading system, except for we might grade you on your attendance and your participation. (laughs) Just kidding but kind of. 
but you're the only one again like I said that's going to see your workbook and your answers and and at the end of the study um, each week you're going to get an answer guide to help you clarify anything so don't fret not having the right answers right answers are good but they are not um not even what we're after here. We're just after you engaging with God's word to grow in your intimacy and in your union with him. So iron sharpens iron and God's word was always meant to be understood in community. And there's no shame in wrong answers or even wrong thinking sometimes. So we like to call wrong answers good attempts, okay? That is what we're after whenever it comes to studying the Bible. So all you can do is your best, and God's going to honor that. And so will your devoted sisters when you show up. So this is going to stop now, and you need to go listen to the introduction to the book of Acts. Thanks. Thanks.